Lucasson. Welcome to this Practice Power podcast. Well, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving uh, here in the United States. And uh, my gosh, the calendar says it's December already. So uh, with that in mind, uh, tis the season here, I thought I would spend the next uh, several episodes really talking about, which is probably what's in everybody's mind this time of year, which is business planning. And, you know, we just got done a couple weeks ago uh, in Orlando uh, hosting a live event for, for a lot of our clients, uh, a multi-day intense uh, deep dive into uh, what we want to accomplish, not just in 2016, but uh, strategically also. But before you do a business planning process, and I think this is where a lot of advisors uh, get caught up, quite frankly, is that they uh, want to trudge ahead forward and come up with a new set of goals. Come and, you know, everybody wants to talk about talk about marketing and business development and all those things. And you know, that's all well and good. But I've always found that before you can look forward, you got to look back, and you got to take inventory. You got to stop and say, well, where are we today? What is the state of my business? What is the state of me? Before you can go ahead and go and plan in the future. Uh, All my clients, before uh, we embark on a business planning process, we do uh, a process called a review and benchmark. Now, in my ideal world for everybody, uh, we would do this twice a year. Uh, We would do it as part of our uh, annual business planning process. And then uh, about at the midpoint, uh, end of June, end of second quarter, uh, we want to pull it out, pull it back out and re-benchmark and see how we're doing. So what I want to do today is, is really just take you through a little bit of that benchmarking process, uh, some of the areas that we want to take a look at, I'll give you some insights on why it's so important. And you know, we'll do that for a little bit today and I'll also share with you some other, uh, some other things that are going on. And then obviously next week we'll pick it up, and I think again for the month month of December, uh, I'm going to keep uh, I'm going to keep our conversation, our dialogue, uh, in business planning mode. So let's talk about looking back. You know, right now for for all of you, you're coming into one of three different areas, or, or one of three different scenarios. Number one, you've actually absolutely crushed it this year. You know, you blew the doors off your goals. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. You know, hey, had a great year. And, uh, and that's great. But now the question is why? What made it great, right? Because here's the thing. What worked this year will probably work again next year. You know, your habits, your behaviors, your approach. You know, you want to bottle that and bring it into 2016. And, you know, the old saying is, uh, and we all have done this, right? We, we have something. We have a strategy, an approach, a, a psychology and it's working, and what do we do? What's human nature, right? Oh, you know, I stopped doing it because you wanted to make some changes, or you got bored. Um, and I see it all the time. You know, something worked, and we stopped doing it, right? So that's number one. So that's, you know, kind of situation number one. You crushed it. Situation number two. You had a pretty good year. Hit some of your goals. Uh, again, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if you understand how we do things here, we always do things in ranges, right? Uh, you know, minimum acceptable to the brass ring in goal setting. So we had an okay year. You know, maybe we didn't achieve at the highest level, but it wasn't a disaster either. It wasn't a failure. We did some things well. We, did some, we didn't do some things well. We were inconsistent, which is usually the case. So that's scenario number two. And what we want to do in that situation is, okay, 
let's make sure here are the things we did well. Where did we struggle? In essence, where did we fail? And let's address that going into 2016, right? That's the second scenario. Uh, the third scenario is that, oh my gosh, it's December and I feel like I got nothing done. You treaded water. You were in survival mode. You know, maybe you felt pretty good in the first quarter, got out of the blocks, right? Uh, but really by March and April, uh, you kind of went back to ground zero. You abandoned everything that was working for you because you got either too uncomfortable or there's a disconnect in your value system and, and your belief set, and uh, we defaulted back. And you're sitting there pondering, again, what went wrong. And if you're in that third scenario, here's what I'll say to you as I say to everybody. You have 100% of your career left. I don't care if you're five years in this business or 50 years in the business. If you're planning to be in this business tomorrow and in 2016, you have 100% of your career left, right? Third option. So with, with those scenarios, again, you, you kind of pick where you're going to be. But let's talk about some of the benchmarks that I take my clients through. I'm going to go over several again in this episode. And then obviously we'll pick it up again uh, the following week. So, so, and the, by the way, these are in no particular order. Let me be very clear. It's not like, well, the first one's the most important one. It's not true. These are all important. Otherwise, I wouldn't include them. So let's talk about the first area you want to take a look at, right? The first area is, um, you know, benchmark number one. How consistently did you review your written business plan? So in my, and I want you to think of it this way. Uh, scale one to ten, what, right? At one being, wow, Joe, it's a good idea. I never thought of that to a to a ten or really a nine, a nine point nine, because there's no such thing as perfection, obviously, or, or at least to a nine. What you want to do, basically, and you may want to again break this out, and you want to take some notes or re-listen to this uh, and do your own benchmarking. That's totally cool. Um, you know, we have all this material available on PracticePower.net. So, first benchmark is. Do you, A, have a written business plan, right? And then, B, did you review it regularly? Now, when I say the word regularly, what I'm really saying is, hey, did you start your day reading your plan? This, to me, has been one of those, you know, I, I look at this from a coaching perspective, and I sit there and say to myself, why would somebody take, you know, maybe just a couple hours, maybe a couple days, you know, in December or January, and, you know, come up with a plan, and then basically go ahead and never look at it again. You know, I can't tell you how many people when they come into our world to see about engaging us, right? And I say, well, great. Send me a copy of your, of your business plan. And A, they don't have one, or B, they can't find it. It's just, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Your business plan is the most important document you have. The most important thing. It's the most important reading you have to do. And I think for a lot of people in this industry, you know, they think a business plan is, is it's, it's an analytical academic exercise, right? So it becomes into, you know, if you're at, at one of those wirehouses, it's like, well, you know, I want to raise this much, new, I want to get these many new clients, I want to raise this much money in fee-based, you know, I want to do this much in production, and, and they kind of cobble together this kind of one-page, uh, totally incomplete, non-meaningful piece of paper, right? Because maybe your manager wants you to do it or something like that. And, and, and it's garbage. It's absolutely garbage, right? And that's why you don't, because you know why? There's no emotional connection to it. It's like a math problem. It doesn't do anything, right? So if you're going to do a plan, let's put a plan together that actually gets you excited about the future. 
you know, we do eight modules in our planning process. And I've actually had to put, a, I actually put a couple modules in, actually one module, one, uh, module six, a couple years ago, because people wondered where the numbers had to go, right? And we, we finally accommodated those right brain people, if you will. But again, benchmark one to, one to nine. A, do you have a written business plan for 2015? And how often did you review it? Now, to me, optimal is reviewing it every day as part of your morning ritual. You review it. You get re-inspired to it. You stay connected to it, right? I mean, that's the key thing. Uh, my perfect world for you, you'd have it, you know, it would sit on your, in your desk in your office. Well, quite frankly, you know, it's sit in your bathroom, uh, you know, because that's just kind of where we do a lot of reading these days, right? And, uh, and you have it online. So you have it a couple places, so uh, it's always around you. And you need to do that. So that's the first benchmark. You know, how well did you do on that, right? Second benchmark is, you know, our morning ritual, our morning success ritual. And, you know, I'm, I'm known for, you know, two decades now of two things in this industry. Uh, you can go to Horse's Mouth, you can kind of Google it, it's all cool. Morning success ritual and daily game plan. But today, right now, we're going to talk about the morning ritual. You know, everything I've read, and, and I've been practicing this for, for decades, uh, you know, uh, one of my mentors, Tony Robbins, you know, he, talk, he talked about it being your power, your hour of power, or your power hour, right? The first hour of the day, you get up in the morning, you know, sets the tone for the entire day, and I truly believe that. And I find that most people in this industry, they, they set the tone for the day with Bloomberg, CNBC, Fox, and email. And I don't know what kind of tone that sets, but it ain't great tone, right? It, it puts you in a place where you're reactive, you're not controlling anything. So let me kind of give you my version of a morning ritual, then you can kind of score yourself from scale of one to nine, right? So my idea of a morning ritual, and by the way, I'm not going to tell you what time to get up. It's not the point here. But number one thing you do, you read your business plan. Number two thing you do, you have a conversation with yourself. You have some power questions. Number three, you have some visualizations. You visualize yourself being successful. Number four, ideally, yeah, you, know, you go ahead and you have a vision board, whether it's, uh, whether it's on paper, uh, on, on the web, but you have a way to do a vision board. All right, number five, we do some motivational personal development reading. You know, we get some mental diet, some good stuff, and that does not mean the Wall Street Journal. Right? Number six, ideally, we do a little exercise, kind of wake the body up, right? Number seven, we practice gratitude. Do all that. Then if you want to go do the Wall Street Journal, CNBC, Bloomberg, and email, Fine. But you do that first. Why? Because it sets the tone. I can predict a person's execution in this industry by the basis of their morning ritual. I can predict the consistency of the execution of people in this industry by their morning ritual. It is, to me, the hub. Everything we build comes around that ritual. And here's the beauty of this. It's 100% self-controlled. Now, I know some of you sitting there saying, well, yo, Job, I got little kids. I understand that. I didn't say it had to be done, you know, at 5 a.m. or 6. And I've got clients that have split, you know, we're not going to get into it, obviously, on this uh, podcast. So it's probably, probably a topic for another podcast. But there's always a way to get it done. And if you want to achieve greatness... There's no easy path. 
You got to do, I call, you know, I call it doing discipline. You got to do the discipline. No free lunch. Right? It just doesn't exist. So if that means you got to go a bit earlier to get up earlier to have that quiet time for yourself, and I don't know, this could take you 15 minutes, it could take you an hour. I don't know how long it's going to take you to do this. I mean, I've got clients that can skinny this morning ritual down, assuming that they don't exercise. They can knock this thing out in 15, 20 minutes. Others will take 90 minutes because they'll work, they'll work out. It's whatever serves you, but you got to have a way of serving you. you know, if you don't start your day, day, so here's the deal. If, if you're in a rut, if you're, if you're what I call, you know, your, your career has flatlined, your success has flatlined, and it's been flatlined. So this is not a 2015, you know, new occurrence. But you're still behaving the same way. You're still doing what you did, seeking a different result. Isn't that the definition of insanity? And like we've always said, we're in a behavior-based business. This is about your behaviors. Your behaviors term, determine your results, right? How you start your day, how you run your day, the actions and activities you take throughout the day. And if you don't set the tone early, what makes you think you're going to have a great day? So again, scale one to nine, how consistent? Morning ritual. Again, we have a whole, podcast, a whole series of e-learnings on practice power about how to create your own morning ritual. Let's move on to the next benchmark. I'll call it your BS, your belief systems, right? So what do you believe? How's your attitude? How's your psychology? Are you a, and I'm not saying I want you to just be a blindly positive person, so you're just, you know, positive and happy while your world is crashing around you. I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, right? Be a realist. But how, how much in control are you with your, how you view things? You know, you're, do you believe you can get things done? Do you believe that not only do you still have 100% of your career left, but those, that, that 100% is going to be the best 100%. In other words, you're not, you don't view yourself on, well, I've, done, I, I've peaked and now it's just riding it all the way down. You believe that you still can be great. How about this? Do you believe you deserve to be great and successful? You know, one of the things I talked about uh, in our business planning event, I, and I find this as a consistent theme, I think everybody has a vision of what they think they're worth, what they think uh, they deserve, and it's that vision that affects the wallet, the checkbook. And, I, and I'm not just putting it in dollar terms because there's a lot more involved, but I think this is a simple equation here. I think when you get up in the morning and you look at the person in the mirror, your self-image determines your self-worth, determines your net worth. Self-image equals net worth. And it's bottom line. And, and that's why a lot of times, you know, we like to think in this industry that, well, you know, I've got to get my business to do this or, you know, and like we talk about our business like it's this other entity. Like we're running a multinational corporation here. And you got to remember two things. Number one, you're the business and you're the key product. You don't sell stocks, bonds, mutual funds. You don't sell financial planning. You don't sell FIAs. You sell yourself. You're the first product. 
And man, if you don't, if you're not like your product, or your product is just okay, herein lies our challenge. Right here it is. So on a scale of one to nine, and again, you're not gonna, we're not gonna have you, you know, you know, send them in to me and have a contest. I want you to be honest with yourself. How do you feel about yourself? Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Are you positive? Do you believe you deserve it? Do you believe that you add massive value to your clients? Or are you just lucky? You know, so many people think they're just lucky. And I don't know, what's luck in this business? I can tell you. Luck is you're sitting at your desk and some person off the street walks in and says, hey, I have me walking by and I hit the lottery and I got $2 million and I want to, I want to buy some stocks. I want to invest some money, right? And they're not referred to you. You've never met them. It's like the old broker of the day calls years and years ago when, we used to, when the industry used to have just somebody on the, on the line waiting for the call-ins, right? That's luck. And it happens from time to time. I just had a client uh, not too long ago had somebody walk in the door with $1.5 million. They're pissed off at the bank. And they opened an account. Like literally the same day, went and got a cashier's check, brought it back within 60 minutes. Okay? That's luck. It happens from time to time. But that's it. So either you're good or you're lucky, and luck doesn't really exist in this industry. So again, your psychology, your motivation, your belief set, you des do you deserve it? Scale of one to nine, okay? Now, from a deep subject, let's talk a little bit more about something a little bit more practice management oriented. Daily game plan, right? Written daily game plan. So do you come in in your office every day and listen to what I'm gonna say here, already having your plan done. So in other words, by the time you hit the front door, you know exactly who you need to talk to, what your outcomes need to be, what tasking you have to do, right? All those things. You have that. And it's in writing. So look, I don't care if it's on a spreadsheet, inside your CRM, um, you know, the notebook. I'm not a fan of sticky, pa uh, you know, sticky notes, quite frankly. I think that's a little, little you know, doesn't work. But you have a written daily game plan. You know what you need to accomplish every day. Because here's the thing I ask people. When people tell me their goals, right? And they'll say, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to put another 20 million under management and I want to add another 18 households. And you know, they kind of articulate their kind of deliverables here for, to themselves annually. I say, great. Let me ask you this question. Tell me what has to happen every day for you to pull that off. And they'll say things like this. Well, I've got to make more calls. I, uh, you know, I have to do a better job in my reviews. Um, you know, I need to ask my clients for referrals. And so they'll give me these, what I call concepts, right? And they're not wrong, they're accurate, but here's the problem. They lack clarity. They lack measurement. If you can't measure something, you can't score it, right? So I always say, how many, how much, how many, how much? And they have no idea. And that's why it doesn't happen, right? It's, it's not like saying, well, I'm going to go ahead and get fit. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get healthy. I'm going to go quote, unquote, lose weight. But you never break out the tape measure or you never break out the scale. Well, how do you know, right? You don't. So before you start the day, before you hit that office, and this is, and this is I think, a lot of advisors, here's where they make the mistake. They get the concept of a morning, they get the concept of a daily game plan, but then they wait to get to their office to do it. 
It's too late. You got email. The red light's flashing on the phone. The mail's in the inbox. The colleagues are bugging you, right? Or whoever. It's game on. It's too late. You're going to be reactive no matter what. The rule is the daily game plan in writing has to be done before you hit the front door. Has to happen. Okay? And again, we have a whole series of daily game plan builders, e-learnings on practicepower.net if you're interested in that. Let's, uh, let's do one more benchmark for, uh, for this session. I think this, this will be a good one. So here's one that's a relatively new one, by the way. Uh, but I've included it because I found a very interesting disconnect in our industry. On a scale of one to nine, do you have your own financial plan and business budget? So, look, and I don't care if you're at a major wirehouse or you're an independent RAA or anything in between. Do you have your own financial plan, your own retirement plan? Because if you don't, how are you going to sit there and say to somebody, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Prospect, Mr. or Mrs. Referral? You know, the first thing we want to do is really come up with your financial goals. We want to take a look. We want to do a financial plan or, or retirement income analysis, whatever you do, right? So you'll go ahead and I'll say it nicely, be kind of demand, hey, we need to do this. And I agree, but yet you don't have your own. How does that work? How congruent is that? So in other words, hey, do this. I haven't done it, but I want you to do it. It just doesn't come off really well, right? And you know what was interesting? About, uh, about four or five years ago, uh, as part of our evaluation process, I started to ask uh, people that came in to our space, right? Other than send me a copy of your business plan, which I just spoke about, I said, well, hey, do you, and I don't need to see this, hey, do you have a written financial plan? And you know, about seven out of 10 people didn't have one. Or they did one like eight years ago and have never updated it. And I'm sitting there going, how can you congruently, with passion, and look a person in the eye and say, we want to do this? Or even better, I'm going to charge you for it, which is totally cool with me. But you haven't had it for yourself. I mean, I just think that's a little hypocritical in my mind. So one of the things you want to do is do your plan. And look, I don't care if you've got a $20 million net worth or you have two nickels in your pocket. Do a plan. Number one, it'll help you learn the software that you probably need to learn, right? Number two, you can, come, you can understand the value of it. I find a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of advisors don't do plans. Or, and look, I'm not saying you have to do a full-blown-out you know, money guide pro plan, although it's cool with me, right? But you got to do something. And you better do it on yourself first. So that's the financial plan. Then on the business budget side, you know, again, I don't care if you work in a major warehouse or you're an independent, or you're an independent you know, RAA or anything in between. What's the budget? You know, people will ask me all the time. I'll say, they'll say, well, Joe, what percentage of my, of my revenue should I, be spent, should I spend on marketing, right? And that's a very good question. And I say, well, there's not an answer. And they look at me like, what do you mean? I said, well, I mean, if you're doing seminars and radio, like I have clients that do, by the way, seminars every month, they're on radio every week. I mean, I mean, that could be tens of thousands of dollars a month, right, to do all that. Or if you're working via referral and optimization, you know, that could be hundreds of dollars a month. I mean, literally, it could be 10 to, a 10x differential, right? So it all depends, right? Same thing with, with office space. You know, again, if you're independent, well, how much, what percentage of me should my overhead be? I said, I don't know. 
I mean, I've got a client that, that converted a warehouse. It's not even, I wouldn't call it even class C space. I mean, it's industrial space. There's beautiful, you know, very cool exposed brick warehouse. I mean, it's fantastic, right? Very, very cool in Baltimore. I've got new clients in Greenville, South Carolina. They, they operate out of an old, I think it's old, the cotton gin, right? Beautiful. And then I've got some people on Park Avenue with the mahogany walls, right? And, they, and that's what they want. That's the image they want to get, right? Overlooking Central Park, right? That's fine. But tell me the math on that, right? You know, Greenville, Baltimore, Park Avenue, probably 10x, probably 10x the different differential per square foot. Who's right, who's wrong? They're both right, right? It all depends. But I will say this. You need to know what you spend your money on. You need to have your budgets. Whether it's a simple Excel spreadsheet that you do, which is okay, whether you do QuickBooks or QuickBooks Online, right, or, or any other software you want to do, you got to know where your money goes. You're in business. And the best way to figure out your budgets is look backwards. Hey, what have I spent it on? You know, it's interesting. So many advisors don't even know where their money goes. I find that fascinating. You know, here we are. We go out there and kind of, you know, portray this organized, professional, with tons of intellectual capital, right? And we do all that. And yet, boy, if, we, if, the, if some of our clients saw behind the scenes, we had a problem. So it becomes the do as I ask, not as I do. And that's totally incongruent. So again, on a scale of one to nine, how locked in are you on your plan, your budget, so far? And I'm bringing all these things up to you because this is the areas that I want you to focus on for next year. You know, a, a lot of times people say, well, I need to come up with these goals. How do you come up with goals? And, and maybe you've done goal setting. I mean, you've done business planning for years, but you've never addressed the behaviors. You've never addressed the things that matter. And these are the things that matter. So, you know, before we wrap it up today, and I, like I said, I want to promise to keep these about 30 minutes, no more than that, is, you know, next, uh, next week we'll uh, cover a couple more benchmarks, uh, go over those things. But before we kind of wrap it up today, a couple of things I want to say. You know, here we are in December. You know, we're getting very close to, uh, obviously, you kind of know what your number is going to be. I mean, I mean, you know, you may have some things that are hanging out there, but by and large, you kind of have a, a sense of where 2015 is going to, going to end for you. And, and all I'm asking you to do, and again, if you're listening to this podcast, I, I, my sense is I have some, some small level of influence on you, is, hey, don't go into 2016 with 2015, with the same habits, the same patterns, the same behaviors, because your outcome will not change. If you want your business, if you want to break out next year, if you want to really have the 2016 that I believe you deserve, you know, the question is, do you believe it? You've got to be willing to change. You've got to be willing to get uncomfortable. Because here's the truth. In order to achieve at high levels, one must accept being uncomfortable. Now, why do I say that? Very simple reason. When you're uncomfortable, you're growing. When you're uncomfortable, you're challenging yourself. When you're uncomfortable, you're moving forward, right? That's what it's about. And if you're not willing to get uncomfortable, then you're not willing to change. If you're not willing to change, then why would you expect the results to be any different? Right? It's all about change. 
So I just want to kind of put those things on the board. And I would encourage you to check out practicepower.net, you know, our website, uh, where all of our benchmarks and business planning tools are and all the, all the cool tools that we have available. Uh, take a peek at that. I want you to have a great weekend. Enjoy, right, uh, as we get closer to the holiday season here. And I'll see you in about seven days. Thanks.